0: Our God saves. What an incredible God we have. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Good morning. Good morning. All right. We've got a few people woke, waking up. Now, if you begin to fall asleep because it's so warm, just try to make sure you keep it where I can't hardly see you, so that way I don't get tired too, okay? It is a second go around. It is, it is still warm in here. Um, and, and again, I just want to say thank you for you being patient enough to, to walk with us through this um, over the next couple of weeks, if you have not gotten emails knowing what's going on, I want to encourage you to take your connection card give us your email so that we can get that information to you and let you know about the upcoming week and the schedules and what's going to be happening. If you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4 is where we're going to be going today. Have you ever made an excuse, a really big excuse? Do you remember some of your best excuses? Maybe you were confronted with something and yet you didn't really want to admit it. Maybe it was a spouse who confronted you. Maybe it was, if you, maybe you remember back when you were a kid or a teenager and your parents ask you, what have you been doing tonight? And you don't really want to tell. So you have to give some kind of an excuse. What is the best excuse that maybe you've ever heard of for why you don't need to do your homework or what happened to your homework? You remember those? My kids, my kids will come in and sometimes they'll say, you know, I ask, Hey, do you have homework? No, not really tonight. And then as soon as I say the words, the magic words, it's bedtime. Oh, yeah, dad, I have to. I remember I need to do this. How does that work? I don't know where. And then all of a sudden there's this there's this feeling like we have to do homework at bedtime. And you're going, nope, we've already talked about it. You should have done it earlier. And then you have that whole dialogue. You know, those dialogues excuses. Moses has now been living in the desert for 40 years. And what we're going to read today is God speaking to him out of the burning bush. And when God calls him to do something, he does what many of us have done. We felt the call of God. We felt God moving in our hearts and lives. We even felt God maybe even calling us to salvation. And yet we're going, I don't know if I can. And we we use some kind of an excuse of why we can't be used by God or why we can't trust him for salvation or why we can't. And you just fill in the blank. So today we're going to be looking at excuses, excuses Moses gave, and maybe some of those excuses will be some of the things that you've seen in your own personal life. And I pray today that you're going to be challenged to get rid of those excuses as you see God's answer to each one of those. If you would stand for the reading of God's word, Exodus chapter 3, go over to verse 1 and here's what the Bible says. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the Lord God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are amazed at who you are. We are thankful that you are the faithful, loving God God who is always near. And God, I'm just asking now that as we've sang the songs, I pray that it's been a sweet sound to you. I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to minister and to work and to move. I pray that you would remove distractions. I pray that your Holy Spirit would give a freedom in this place, that God, I could speak your word clearly, precisely. That God, you would Allow your Holy Spirit to truly open our ears so that we would hear from you. We came because we want to hear from you. So, God, I pray that you would speak. Speak into our lives, and I pray that you would minister to where we need minister to. Convict where you need to convict. And, God, I pray that you would give us the willingness to change so that we walk out of here a different people because we've heard and been ministered to by you. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. So here's what we have. We have Moses chapter three begins and it seems like it's not much time has passed. But if you remember, if you remember between chapter two and chapter three, we have now 40 years that have passed. That's a long time. And Moses wakes up and it's an ordinary day. It's a day like every other day. He wakes up, drinks his coffee. The sun is beginning to rise and he's going out to his ordinary average job. Nothing too exciting is going to happen. He's going to go out and he's going to take care of his sheep. The sheep maybe will do a trick or two. You know, they might fall off a cliff. He might have to rescue one. But there's really not going to be too much exciting happening. It's just an average, ordinary day. Just to make sure we understand how many days this is. This is 14,000 days. 14,600 days if we're looking at 40 years, right? So it's average God hasn't spoken. God hasn't done anything miraculous for 40 years. Now, let's be real honest. When you get to a place where you feel like God has not shown up, God hasn't spoken, God hasn't really done anything, and you've been in the wilderness, it gets really hard to expect that this day is going to be anything other than ordinary, right? You just wake up, and after 14,000 days, you're thinking, hey, this is just going to be a ho-hum day, an average day, but God seems to like to work in the ordinary, doesn't he? Moses goes out, he's on the backside of the desert, he's on the backside of the wilderness, on the backside of the mountain, where God really truly doesn't even feel like he's there, it doesn't feel like God is even around, and so Moses shows up, he goes to work, he does the ordinary, and he's out there watching the sheep, and all of a sudden a, a bush catches fire. Now this is ordinary, this is extremely ordinary, if you're out in the desert, out in the dryness, when it's hot, bushes catch fire, they can bust and automatically, they go up in flames, So that wasn't out of the ordinary. That's normal. But he's walking around and the Bible says that he looks and something strange about this bush. It's on fire. And yet it's not consumed. Do you see this? Now watch what it says. It says that when Moses sees it, he doesn't say, well, that's strange. He doesn't say, "I'll forget that and keeps going. It says this. Moses said in verse 3, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. Now, I want to help us real quick because here's what happens in our lives. In our normal, ordinary lives, you've had these moments. You've had these moments. You've been going about the normal, ordinary life. And as you're going about the normal, ordinary day, you had this thing that we would call maybe a coincidence. Have you ever had a coincidence? Somebody calls, some random call, some random act. Some Oh, wow, they just pulled out in front of me. And instead of saying, maybe God was trying to slow me down. Or you hit every single red light. Has that ever happened to you? You're going, you've got to be kidding me. Every single red light, I'm hitting every one of them? And then you have this, it, it, there's this moment where you're going, maybe I should stop. Maybe I should slow down. Maybe I should say thank you. Have you ever had the moment where you, you were trying to hurry up and get there and you stopped at the red light for a long time. And the next thing you know, there was an ambulance coming by. And here's what I want to show you. So many times what we would consider a coincidence, maybe it's just maybe it's God working and you have no idea what's going on. And Moses does something that many of us don't like to do. He stops and he looks. And he asks the question, what else is going on? I need to see what else is happening. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? We miss God because we don't, Stop and listen and see. I want to show you the connection. Verse 4, it says when. If you want to circle the word when, it says when the Lord saw that he did what? Moses did what? Turned. The turning. Moses stopping, Moses turning. Because see, he was walking away. He saw it out of the corner of his eyes. He he saw it and he could have kept walking because that's just an ordinary event, right? But when Moses stops and he sees, when the Lord sees that, Then you can actually look down in verse 5, then, then God speaks. The when and the then are connected. Here's what happens. God is waiting. He's trying to get your attention in your ordinary life, and he's trying to speak to you. And if you're so busy that you keep going, and you never slow down, and you never stop to ask God, what are you saying to me, you will miss what God is trying to do in your life. And God does work through coincidences. God does work through things that just seem abnormal. Well, that was just weird. That could have been God just saying, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. And so Moses stops. And when Moses stops and God sees that Moses stops, then God begins to speak. Moses, come on. Come on over here, buddy. I want to speak to you. And as Moses begins to draw near, God says, hey, Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. What does holy mean? Separate. Completely separate. And what God is speaking to Moses, he said, Moses, I'm about to speak to you and I'm about to call to you and I'm about to talk and we're fixing to have a man-on-man conversation, our man-on-God conversation. And Moses, what you need to understand is in this moment, your life is about to radically be changed if you're willing. So you need to separate yourself from the past. You need to separate yourself from everything else that's happened in your life. And you need to stop and you need to listen now because you're in the presence of God Almighty. So he says, separate yourself, stop. And maybe, can I just throw this to you? Just maybe, just maybe what you need to do is slow down just enough to let God speak. You've been running and you've been going and maybe what you need to hear today is just stop and let's let God speak. So Moses, come on, we're fixing to have a talk. God on you, God on human, God on man talk, here we go. So he, he comes in, he comes a little closer And then God begins to speak, and look what he says. Verse 6, and he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses, so you're clear. The one that you've heard about, the God who did some great things with Abraham, the God who did great things with Isaac and Jacob, the God who's shown up, the God who's speaking to you now, Is a God you've heard about. You've heard all those stories. This is a God who's speaking to you. So here's what God is wanting to say to many of us. It's no longer good enough for you to tell the stories that you've heard in the Old Testament. It's no longer good enough for you to hear the stories and tell the stories of the New Testament. It's no longer good enough for you to hear and talk about the stories that your mom and dad have talked about. It's no longer good enough for you to sit around and talk about grandma's faith and papa's faith. It's no longer good enough for everybody else's faith. What you need right now is you need God Almighty to speak to you. It needs to be you and God that you are now walking with. it. God has spoken to you. And it's not about what God is saying to everybody else. It's no longer, man, yeah, God could do that in the Old Testament. God can do that in the New Testament. What is God wanting to do through you now in this moment? He said, Moses, it's no longer everybody else. It's me and you. You see it? It's huge. I am this God, and I'm wanting to talk to you. Man, that's big. What would happen? What would happen? What would happen in your life if you believed that God was that real, that he was that big, the Old Testament, the New Testament, if he was that big for everybody else? What if you believed he was that big for you? that you actually could talk to him and he would talk to you. Wouldn't that be awesome? Here's what I know. It would radically change my life and it would radically change your life. So he says, Moses, we're fixing to have a talk. And exactly in that moment, what does Moses do? The Bible says he does something. He covers his face. He hides. He's like, I don't know if I can handle this. This is too big for me. He, he, okay. And then now... God does something, verses 7 through 9, he does something very simple. And I love how gracious and how good our God is. He sees that Moses is hiding, and what God does is this. He speaks and he says, okay, Moses, I just want you to know, I'm going to give you assurance. I see... I care, I know, I will deliver, I've heard, and I'm going to bring about. You see all those words? God is saying, I'm going to do something great. I know about your problems. I know about the people's problems in Egypt. I know about all their sorrow. I've heard their prayers. I care. I know about it all. And just a reminder, we need to hear it over and over again because when we're in the midst of our wilderness, when we're in the midst of our pain, it seems like God is not around. But God He he knows. He cares. And look at the promise. He says, Moses, I will deliver. Do you see that? I underlined that because here's what happened 40 years earlier. When Moses was 40 in Egypt, Moses was trying to be the deliverer. God never called Moses to be the deliverer. God doesn't call him that. God said, Moses, I will deliver. I'm going to be the one. And in just a moment, he's going to call Moses to be a part of it. But he doesn't call Moses to be the deliverer. God is the deliverer. And he says, I will bring about a blessing. And maybe some of you just need to hear this once again, that God gives assurance. He says, hey, I will deliver. Whatever you're going through, I'm going to deliver. I'm going to show up. I'm going to minister to you during the time, through the time, and after the time. And I will bring about blessings that you've never seen, you've never thought about. I will do something in your life and through your life. You just need to trust me. So now he gets to something very exciting. He tells all the, gives all the assurance, and then verse 10, he says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. How would you respond after God just gives assurance, God gives promises, and he's speaking in a bush? I, I would like to say, I would, I would really like to say that I would step up and say, Okay, God, you're speaking out of a bush. Hello, I'm ready. Wouldn't you? But let's be real honest. There are many times where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was saying, hey, I want to do something in your life. I want you to stop this. I want you to do this. And you know, whether you were lying on your bed, maybe you were, I don't know where it was at. And you step back and you, and you do exactly what Moses does. But God. And Moses gives several excuses. And he says, verse 10. But Moses said to God, who am I? Here's your first excuse. First excuse, God, I don't know, why me? Why? I'm not worthy. Who am I? I'm, I'm not worthy. See, if you would have asked Moses 40 years earlier, when he was in Egypt, when he was the prince of Egypt, could you be the, the deliverer? Can you actually, he would have said, absolutely, yes. I'm capable. I'm able. I can do it all, right? Can you lead a million and a half people through the desert to the promised land? Absolutely. And now you get 40 years in the wilderness and now insecurity is showing up. Now inability, now you're going to begin to see all kinds of things. And Moses is saying, there's no way I can do it. And maybe part of what's going on in your life, maybe part of what's happening, as you've gone through your wilderness, as you've gone through your trial, you're sitting back and you're just saying, God, I I, I can't do it. I'm unworthy. Who am I? Why are you talking to me? I can't do this. And look what God promises. God says, I will be with you. Have you ever heard, has anybody ever heard the saying, God will never give you more than you can handle? Have you ever heard that saying? And maybe you've even said it. Can I just, I, I want to I blow this out of the water. Are you ready? That's, that's a lie. God, by his very nature, will allow things to happen in your life that's bigger than you that you can't handle that's why you feel overwhelmed and you step back and you're going I can't control this I can't do this and God allows things that are bigger than you that you can't control so that you have to get to this point of complete and total dependence where God's answer to you is you can't you're right you won't be able to do it but I will be with you did you see it And maybe the very thing that you're struggling with is that you can't control it and you can't do it and you don't have the power and that's exactly where God wants you to be. And you've been using that excuse. Who am I? I can't do this. And God is saying, you're right, but I'll be with you. Do you see the promise? I love that promise, but I will be with you. It's huge. And maybe that's what you need to hear right now. You're right, you can't do it, but God will be with you. Continue on. So Moses says, okay, I hear you, God. God even promises a sign, hey, you're going to come back to this mountain, and you're going to worship here, verse 13. Even after hearing the promise that God's with him and that they're going to come back to the mountain, Moses continues on, and Moses says, if, verse 13, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, what is your name, what should I say? Now Moses begins to play the what if game. What if? God has already said, I'll be with you, and you're coming out. And now he plays the what-if game. What if I don't have all the answers? Have you ever said that? Maybe God is wanting you to speak to a colleague or a coworker, or maybe God is wanting, and you're going, I don't know if I can. I don't have all the answers. I can't teach a Sunday school class. Good night. Those three-year-olds might ask me a question I don't know. And you, you've been there. Hey, listen, three-year-olds are intimidating because they ask why all the time. And they're going to ask questions. What happens? What if, what, what if I don't know the answer? What if I don't know really who you are? What am I supposed to say? And God says, I am. I am. And you just feel in the blank. Whatever you're lacking, whatever, I am your provider. I am the one who knows. I am that I am. I am who I am. Moses, you don't have to have all the answers. I will be what you need in the moment. I am. That's what you say. So Moses, again, an excuse, and God wipes it out and says, I've got the answer for you. Continue on. Here's what he continues to ask. So now we get to chapter 4. We're going to move quickly through this. God speaks and says, Hey, Moses, I'm going to do some great things through you. And Moses, again, after hearing all that, verse four, or chapter 4, verse 1, Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. Now Moses uses the excuse... But what if they don't respect me? What if they don't like me? What if they don't listen to me? Moses is now concerned about what people think about him and not concerned about what what God thinks about him. Have you ever been there? This insecurity creeps in and you're going, I don't know. What if people don't like me? What if people don't respond to me? What if they don't listen? What if? He's playing that what if game. And what ifs can, can paralyze us, can't it? It just stops us dead in our track. What if? And Moses, God responds. He says, okay, hey, hey, I want to show you something, Moses. What is in your hand? He says, a staff. It's just an ordinary staff. (laughs) It's It's just a shepherd's staff. It's not anything important. And so God says this. I want you to take the ordinary thing that you have, the very thing that you think is ordinary, and Moses, when you throw it down, I want to show you what happens when God gets in the ordinary. Throw it down. He throws it down, and what happens? Do you remember the story? It turns into a snake. Now, how many of you like snakes? Anybody? Anybody like snakes? A few people? Okay, I figure a few people. Now, when you see a snake, most people kind of jump back. At least it startles them somewhat. But when you see a snake, and then God says, pick it up. How do you pick up a snake? By the tail? By the head. Good job. You pick it up by the head. You pin down the head, and then you pick it up, and you hold it by the head. But God doesn't say pick it up by the head. God says pick it up by the what? Tell. Why? Because what Moses is afraid of, he's afraid of looking foolish to everyone else. And God says, hey, listen, Moses, it's not about you looking foolish. It's about you following my commands. It's about you following and being obedient to me. So God he says, pick it up. He picks it up and it turns back into a staff. Hey, Moses, take your hand, your ordinary hand, put it into your coat. He pulls it out, it's leprous. And then he, he says, put it back in, he puts it back in, and now it's gone. What was God telling Moses? What was God showing him? He said, hey, your excuse, your excuse, it falls apart when God gets in the middle of it. Your excuses, whatever your excuse is, God says, take the ordinary thing. So you take your job. You take your ordinary job. You take working with kids. You take going to, to the preschool. You take whatever your job is. And God says, in that thing, I want to demonstrate how great I am through it. So don't get rid of it. Allow God to work through you in it. Okay, so Moses says, okay, God, I just, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I can handle this. And so Moses continues on. He continues to argue with God. Verse 10. Moses gives another excuse. But Moses said to the Lord, my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech. Have you ever used that excuse? God, I can't do, I'm not able. I'm not capable. You're asking too much of me. I can't speak. I'm not good enough. I can't do what you're asking. And God kind of, it's in, 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 in humor, God sits back and says, really? I made your mouth. I know your inadequacies. I know what you fail at. I know what you're not good at. I'm the one who gave you those talents and I gave you the lack of those talents. How many times have you ever thought, man, I wish I had that. I wish I could be like them. I wish I could be like her. I wish I could be like him. I wish I could do. You know, one of the great things I would love to, I would love to be a singer so I could repeat songs over and over again. And people say, man, sing that song again. As a preacher, guess what I have to do? Every week I have to come up with something new to say to you. That's hard. And if I said the same thing, then you're going, well, Heath, I've already heard that from you. It's hard. Now watch. We can look around and we can say, I wish I was that. I wish I was this. And you just play out the game. And it falls apart when the God of the universe says, hey, I see you. I know your failures. I know your inadequacies. I know it all. But that doesn't change the fact that I will put the words into your mouth. I'm the one who created your mouth. I'm the one who created the disability. I'm the one who created it all. And I want to use you no matter what. All the excuses fall apart. And then Moses kind of pushes the last button. He says, okay, God. Verse 13. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. And then God gets angry. God is saying, I'm not calling somebody else. I called you. And this is the last excuse. We look around and we say, you know what, God? I'm not really capable, so somebody else can do it. Somebody else can do it better than me. And what God is asking for is your availability. He's asking for your availability. He says, I'm not calling somebody else. Now watch. God answers and says, okay, I'm going to give you Aaron. I'll give you your brother to help you. But in God giving Aaron, he doesn't remove what he's asking Moses to do. He says, I'm still calling you. I still want you to be the leader. I'm still going to work through you first, even though Aaron's coming alongside. So, what Moses had to hear was I'm the God of your fathers, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. And maybe one of the greatest things that Moses had to overcome was can God use a failure? Now, let's be real honest. Everyone in here, we've failed, haven't we? We've all failed. And one of the greatest things that I believe Moses had to wrestle through in all of his inadequacy, all of his insecurities, everything that he's having to work through is his failure. Can God really use me? And I love the list. Not only is it a great list, but it's a list of failures. Abraham. Did God use Abraham in a mighty way? Absolutely. Did Abraham ever fail? He lied? Yes, Major lies. He actually gives his wife away because he's not willing to tell the truth, right? There's a problem with that. Isaac and Jacob. Jacob, is known. his name is known as a liar and a swindler. He's a cheat. And what, what maybe you and I need to hear today is this. Is that God, God uses people who are not perfect. Did you hear that? Maybe I need to say it a different way. There's nobody perfect in this place. And there's nobody perfect in this book except Jesus Christ. And what you're struggling with, and maybe you're saying, I don't know if God can use me. I don't know if God can work through me again. And what God is saying to you loud and clear today is this. Stop making excuses. God is calling you. God is calling you. He says, I want to work in you. I want to work through you. It's time to stop all the excuses and lay it down and say, God, here I am. Finally, Moses gets to the end of himself and he says, okay, God, here I am. And he gives his life and he says, okay, God, I surrender. And so then verse 20 says, so Moses took his wife, his son, and he had them ride on a donkey and they went back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of, what does it say? His staff? Moses took his staff? It says, the staff of God. The ordinary is now considered from here on out the extraordinary. See, verse 2, it was Moses' staff. And from here on, it's going to be known as the staff of God. God is wanting to take your ordinary, whatever's in your hand, and he's wanting to do the extraordinary through it. Stop giving the excuses, and let's give our lives to God and say, God, if you want to use me, here I am. I'm available. No more excuses. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we give you this time. We give you this moment. God, we thank you for what you have done. I'm praying for those in this room. God, we have failed. And maybe it's our failure that's not allowing us to move forward because we're not able to place it at the cross. So God, today I pray that you'd help us to take our failure, to place it at the cross, to find forgiveness once again. And God, maybe for some of us, We just keep making excuses. And today, in your power, through your grace and through your love, I pray that you would help those excuses melt away. Because, God, you are enough. So we give you our lives. And we ask that you would do the remarkable, the unthinkable, the extraordinary through our ordinary lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to The Oaks Cast. The Oaks meets on Sundays at 9 a.m. for traditional service and 10.30 a.m. for contemporary service. For more information, you can visit us at discovertheoaks.org.